Hello, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And that is one of 527 times I've forgotten exactly what I say at the beginning of each episode. So I think it might be our first ever hello instead of hi, (laughs) which would lead everyone to believe that this is a very special episode. (laughs) It is. It's our first scuba diving episode. And I've been wanting to do a scuba diving episode since the beginning of the podcast. Is it our first? No, we've had other diving. We've had people Death dive. during diving? We've had cruise ships. Might be our first. Yep, you might be right. Before we get started, quick announcement. A couple people have asked me recently exactly how Patreon and Supercast work because we don't really explain it. And so I wanted to clarify and just remind everybody, if you sign up at the 5 or $10 level, you get all the bonus content that we've ever done at that level. A couple people have asked me about that recently. So it's not like you just start getting new episodes. You get a sudden backlog of all of our content at that level. So oh, wow. I know. A deluge. You're overload. It's almost too much. It's yeah, almost it's like much. I actually hate these girls. Yeah. It's like when you two put their music on your computer without you asking and everyone Oof. was pissed about it. Yeah, they were mad. So at just to remind people, at the $5 level, we have done 36 full-length bonus true crime episodes. And those are Datelines. Those are 48 Hours, 2020s. We cheat on Dateline all the time on those. And at the $10 level, it's those 36 plus 20 more bonus episodes. So that is 56 plus all the monthly live streams that we do. And you get our Wednesday episodes early and ad-free. And Mm -hmm. on Mondays, I've been uploading our early, early first season episodes one at a time with no ads. So please check us out on Supercast or Patreon. Plus all that random old stuff, like all the 90-day seasons are still up there. Pearl Party, when we talked about that with Kim and Melissa, which is one of the most fun times of my whole life is talking about Pearl Parties. Tiger King, Cheer, we talk, we've talked about like random TV shows. Do you remember? I've forgotten all of that. I know. We've talked about- Maybe I should be a Patreon. I know. <laughs> Amazing wow. Race. There's a couple of episodes I've taken off our main feed because I was too bisky for my own taste and it wasn't even editable. Put that on there. Yeah. Do you remember you talked about that YouTube house that's where all the influencers live with Mary Payne? That's on there. Sure do. It's great. And our original coverage of- Yellow Jackets with Pink Shade, which brings us to second announcement. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our new YouTube channel. I say new because it has a new name. It's called A Date with K&K, and we're putting new stuff on there. Yellow Jackets, we're going live every week doing discussions. Every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, Sunday nights, after Yellow Jackets Yeah, airs. it's really fun. And I want to thank everyone who came and was really nice because I was really nervous. I don't know if Katie was about yes. opening up our faces to the public. Thank and- you so much for those of you who came. And also don't give up if you came and were like, I can't follow this. So now we're starting episode one as the episodes air. It's a lot more compact than trying yeah. to talk about an entire season. So it'll be a lot more structured and we're really excited to get into it. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. So find out what the buzz is about. Yellow Jackets, Sunday nights, a date with K&K on YouTube. Yay. And now into our episode. So Dateline has been doing this 
these update episodes, which sometimes are kind of updates and sometimes are like semi-updates. This episode was less of an update. It was the reptile one with the snake farm. Venom. Venom. Venom with Andrea Which Cannon. is one of our top five Andrea episodes of all time. Love that. It's a great episode. It's a great episode. It's a but they, crazy story. It is. But they just took this investigator who was there. They interviewed him for the first time and then injected him throughout the episode. But it wasn't really a ton of new information. So we decided to skip it, even though it is such a great episode. And you can go back and listen to our original thoughts under the title of Venom. I believe it was only a year old, too. It's very... Exactly. I like to wait till it's at least two or three years old. Yeah. If it was... Because we hadn't done Death of a Hometown Hero, that had been several years since we talked about that case, I believe. At least two. Yeah. Yeah, which is what we covered last week, the update on that. But this had just not been that long Yeah, and there was no change in verdicts or anything like that. So we decided to do one that I had been wanting to do because it was on my DVR and had never been able to find it online. But then suddenly I thought, Peacock keeps adding new stuff. Let me check. And it was there. So if you guys are on Peacock and see ones that we haven't done, please send them my way because there really are adding some new slash old, old new episodes. It's very exciting. And the best part about these new old episodes is we get our dose of Lester with the Vester. So it feels like old times feels like comforting and not for some chaos that is my life (laughs) when lester appears on my tv with no vest right the heart the heartbreak hotel that you've been experiencing week by week i really think my mental health is suffering (laughs) because of lester no vester this vester's coming on in his new style his stylist just can't stand you his new stylist is like look i'm trying to bring him into the 2020s middle finger to kimberly right This is season 20, episode 59, July 6th, 2012, which makes it almost 11 years old. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. Hosted by Dennis the Menace. Dennis is enough, Murphy. Love the man. On vacation. The man, the myth, the jeans, and polo shirt. He's on vacation. It's vacation, Dennis. Love. So for he opens by saying, for most of us who spend time, who enjoy spending time in the water, an occasional swim, a dunk in a backyard pool will suffice. But for the more adventurous, only total immersion in the open ocean will do. A ticket to paradise. So we're seeing lots of B-roll of just children peeing in a community pool. That's what I'm imagining they are doing. They look happy. They're playing. All I can think of is the pee. There's so much chlorine in those. I don't even know how to describe to you the levels of chlorine. It kills anything on contact. That's what I have to convince myself of whenever I do water aerobics. It's like a mental gymnastics. As I'm doing my kicks in the water, I'm like, there's so much chlorine in here. It's all, it's chlorine. It's chlorine. It's not pee. It's chlorine. It is. It's why you get out and your skin feels just like wax. Yeah. I love that feeling. I feel Mm -hmm. clean. So then, then we're seeing B-roll of like ocean sea turtles, fish, no human pee anywhere, just plankton and all the other stuff. Why are you taking my B-roll right now? I don't know. I'm just systematically so, marking stuff off my David Swain and wife Shelley Tyre loved scuba diving. Did you notice anything about their names right away? Tyre Swing. No, it's Swain, not Swing. Yeah, but if you say it fast. <laughs> The tire swings. <laughs> what? 
Is there another David and Shelley that you can think of? Oh, my. The Miscavages. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And has one Shelley met the same fate as another Shelley? Oh, my. We don't know. Where's your wife, David? I don't know. People keep saying they've seen her. Who's Side saying note. they've seen her? You know how tall David Miscavige is? How tall is he? How tall you think he is? Not that it really matters, I've but never it kind of him. matters to me. I need to look at him next to Tom Cruise, and then I would know. Okay, go look that up sometime. Okay. Because there's some disparateness on how tall he actually is, but the answer is going to surprise you. Okay. I'm excited. It I have might a new mystery not be as tall as you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's ridiculous. It seems weird because it's such a big personality. So it's just sort of surprising that that comes in a very compact little you body. You know how tall I am. Don't give me the face. I do. So Five, seven. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Press on. right. I would just <laughs> pay a lot of money to be five, seven. So in the March of 99, 1999, they decided to escape a Rhode Island winter and charter a 45-foot sailboat with another couple to the British Virgin Islands. And Shelley, we learned, liked animals and critters and counting fish underwater, whereas he liked to photograph the fish. And they loved to dive. They were wreck diving, which is where you look at all the wrecks. And I love off that. the island of Tortola. Sounds amazing. You know what that is, wreck diving. What's another word for that? Dumpster diving? Treasure hunting, Treasure girl. Treasure hunting. Detectoring? Almost, just with underwater gears. Yeah. But that is full treasure hunt underwater in abandoned pirate ships. Yeah. But I don't think you're allowed to take anything if you find it. They don't know. Maybe you are. I don't know if that was just a lander. in your wetsuit? <laughs> just like up the sleeve of, oh no, you're like fully clothed. Never yeah. mind. I got to think about this. And then that's when it happened, Dennis tells us. Baby Dan Dennis is standing in front of the water in jeans. Dennis in jeans, though, looks great. Have we seen him in jeans? Must have, but if for some reason it's striking in this and we're it getting is. almost a full body shot. I don't think most of the time we're getting full body shots of Dennis. I don't remember. It. I don't think I've ever seen Dennis in shoes. He yeah. could be barefoot the entire time. He could be in Birkenstocks. Yeah. And I would not know. Mm -hmm. Open-toed sandals. Mm -hmm. No idea. He is a Florida man. Yeah. Does Dennis own flip-flops? I can't picture it. I can't picture him in a sandal. Yeah. I don't know. So we think he's in the Caribbean to talk about this episode, but he's a fake-out. It's like one of the prison fake-outs on Dateline. He's in Rhode Island, standing in front of their water, because that's where the couple is from. So yeah. we learn that in the early 90s, David and Shelley met when he was a dive instructor, and she was a student of his. And she had a lot of spunk, and David gives us like 17 adjectives about how great Shelley is, a bundle of energy as vivacious as he was quiet, she was a teacher and an educator. He owned a dive shop. Now, what were your first impressions of David? This David, not the shorty who runs Scientology. Not Miscavige. Yeah. A dad. Oh, interesting. Like an active dad? I'm sorry. There's just a few different kinds of dad. He's active dad, hobby dad, mm. the dad with the big hobby. Mm. So that's what that dad's about if you had a metal detector if you had a detectorist dad yeah that would be a hobby dad yeah too. or a dad that was really into mountain climbing and then you got really into it or a music dad 
who was really into playing the guitar and a bunch of instruments and had a drum kit in his house. Mm -hmm. That kind of, but no, he just seemed like a soft-spoken dad. It's not until a little bit later that I had other thoughts. Oh. Why? I'm just, what did you, what was your first impression? Very creepy. Something oh, no, about, I didn't get that at all. Something about him gives off warning signs to me, and it might be his resemblance to Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones, which hmm. is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate resemblance that is not this David's fault, but that's all I, I could see. did not see that resemblance. Did you see The Lovely Bones? Yeah. I could give hmm. you a side-by-side. Okay, you in should fact, do that. I might. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, it's something about his voice and his demeanor, his quietness. He's really introverted, incredibly introverted. Yeah. So Shelley was outgoing. She was loved at her school. She was headmaster at a middle school. And she had a dog, Tori, or Bernice Mountain Dog. <gasps> and the dog got to come with her to the school and comfort the students that were having a bad day. Do you know how many tragedies I think would be foiled by Bernice Mountain Dogs being at schools. Yeah, there should be one in every school. Forget. That should now be a prerequisite. Those dogs are so stinking cute. It's like those small towns that have the mayor as a dog with a tie on. It's got to be that dog. It makes everything better. And those dogs, a student that's being bullied goes and gets a hug from a Bernice Mountain Dog. That's as big as he is? Yeah, absolutely. That student is not going to go home and cry into their Oreos like I did whenever I was bullied. No. That student is going to be happy and well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. It might try to take the dog later, Yeah, there might okay. be a dog theft, but there wouldn't be all the other problems. But then you just get a new dog. Yeah. Get another one. Yeah. Yep. Have one dog for every grade. There you go. So... David and Shelley married in 1993. He had two kids already. They got along great with Shelley. Now, there was a problem in their marriage, which is the time they were spending apart because her private school caused her to have a four-hour-a-day commute. Oof. No, thank you. To those road warriors out there who say they listen to a date with Dateline on their commute, we salute you because four four hours a day? Were there podcasts in 1999? No, absolutely not. So you're just doing a lot of books on tape? Books on tape. On tape tape? NPR. Is that cassette tape time? Is it CD time? What's 1999? CDs. Books on CD. It might have been CDs. Oof. Maybe CDs. It and might have if, been tapes, though. And then what if the last CD in the chapter, the last one, is scratched? And you don't know what's happening? A lot and you're of- listening to a mystery. That's Lots of road rage. That's when what, accidents happen. You know when the term going postal started? This, that's why. That's why. No, that's road rage. Mm-hmm. That's full on. That's when people started to get angry on the road because it won't stop skipping. Yeah. Ooh. So this trip to the Caribbean was to bond together. They also had this couple who are called the Th- Thwaites. 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 But yeah. plural, the Thwaites. It's hard to say, but I like mm-hmm. that. I love an interesting name. Was it Thwaite or Thwaites? I think it was Thwaites. And so plural, it was the Thwaites. Yeah, I think you could also say just Thwaites with an apostrophe. Okay, I had oh, that No, wrong. there wouldn't be an apostrophe. So the Thwaites 
were there with their young child, which I was excited about this trip. I thought, oh, like a sandals trip, <laughs> you know, sec- secrets resort with friends. Yeah. But it's also with their young son, which makes it less fun for me. He didn't I look f- that young. In the pictures, he didn't look young. He looked like 14. Okay, so you don't have to constantly be babysitting. but No. no. Okay, so like at least he knows how to swim. You don't have to be like constantly worried he's going to fall overboard. I think he was old enough to dive. Okay. I think that's why the then sun was divided. Better. Maybe the sun was really into this kind of stuff. That's fine. Yeah, feel better. So, so they were going to spend a week gunk-holing. No. You heard me right. Gunk-holing. I looked it up, and the first definition I got was cruise in and out of gunk holes. It is not a helpful definition if you include the word in your definition. No, it's not. Do better, bing. It turns out gunk holing is a boating term referring to the type of cruising in shallow or shoal water, meandering from place to place, spending the nights in coves. The term refers to the gunk or muck, mud, sorry, typical of the creeks, coves, marshes, sloughs, and rivers sloughs and rivers unsure and that are referred to as gunk holes this is basically just a hole of grossness and you're blind going in because it's got sediment and muck mud yeah it's dirty so where am i supposed to go you get trapped to relax in the water there's either pee or there's gunk no this is why i just prefer to sit and look at the water there's also treasure boats old pirate boats sunken those aren't gunk holes. Okay. So then Dennis is now suddenly in the Caribbean slash Caribbean. And he's looking beachy casual in his jeans. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of beachy, it's finally spring. And I feel like now's the perfect time to update your winter look and do some refresh spring cleaning with your face products. So maybe you just want to put some spring in your step with some new beauty products. Thrive is the company for you. I first heard about Thrive because it seemed like literally overnight, the liquid lash mascara from Thrive was everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was the must-have beauty product for beauty influencers, for smaller content creators that I watched on YouTube and that I trusted. Everyone loved it. And I was like, okay, well, I have to obviously try this. I tried it. I loved it. My mom was like, what mascara are you using? And so she took mine. I had to get another one. The rest is history. Now everyone in my family, everyone in Kimberly's family is using and loving the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara from Thrive and many other of the incredible products that Thrive Cosmetics has. So let's do a deep dive on this incredible mascara and what makes it so great. The Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara has more than 25,000 five-star reviews for a reason. So if for some reason you don't believe me or Kimberly or our entire families, Mm -hmm. you can read these 25,000 five-star reviews and find out why people are flipping out over this mascara. It coats your lashes in like a tube. They use a proprietary tubing formula that means that the mascara wraps around each lash as you apply it. So it dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes and also gives you incredible volume from root to tip. 
It lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking down your face. And it comes off just with water. It's so easy to remove. I am so tired of mascaras that I have to use really harsh eye makeup removers to scrub. And I feel like I lose five eyelashes each time. Mm -hmm. And I can't afford to lose five eyelashes. (laughs) And I never lose a lash with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara from Thrive Cosmetics. And besides making all of our lashes beautiful, Thrive has some other really great attributes. They are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and they're made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, sulfates, or phthalates in Thrive products. Also, cause is in the name for a reason. As part of Thrive Cosmetics' mission, every purchase you make supports organizations that help communities thrive, such as those battling domestic abuse, being unhoused, cancer, and a whole bunch more. Mm. So you need to go and try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. What are you waiting for? Right now, you can get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. And the order of business for this spring is to thrive. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thrive. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. We're always growing and changing. For example, I used to get Starbucks almost every day and feel really guilty about it. And I've tried to change. I've worked it with my therapist. The guilt over the money and the sugar content. But lately, I've realized that sometimes growing and changing is not about growing and changing. It's about changing your point of view and staying exactly the same. Hmm. Is that a different kind of growth? Yes, it is. And my therapist thinks it's okay. My therapist suggested, what if I reframe this and embrace my trips to Starbucks as a form of self-care because I really enjoy it and I've been working really hard lately, so it's okay to treat myself. Plus, it's basically a business expense because the sugar and caffeine helped me to record better. Last week, I tried to record with Mary Payne without coffee, and I said that Mount Everest was in Machu Picchu. And now my embarrassing moment will live on the internet forever. Thanks to therapy, I'm embracing my love of Starbucks, and I will never say an embarrassingly dumb thing on a podcast ever again. Okay, that's a huge claim. You need to take that back. (laughs) Or if I do, which I probably will... I'll be able to forgive myself a lot faster and laugh about it. There you go. Thank you, therapy. I love it. BetterHelp is an easy way to try out therapy. It is totally online, super convenient, and flexible in your busy schedule. You just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Dateline today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H E L P help.com slash dateline because we can all use a little better help. Go therapy. Go therapy. Thank you, better help. So, David and Shelly and their friends were experienced divers. And the place they were going to, the twin wrecks, which are two wrecks right next to each other, which look very cool. They have clear visibility and are to an experienced diver as challenging as a walk in the park on a sunny day, Dennis says. I have tripped many a time. 
in a walk in the park on a sunny day. So how dare you, Dennis, say well, that Well, you're not an experienced easy. diver. <laughs> an experienced walker. There you go. So they parked the boat, which is not the correct term. No. They docked the boat. That's not right either. They weren't they on They tied the dock. it to a buoy. They, they anchored the boat. They anchored it, but I don't think they anchored it. They tied it to a buoy. Oh my gosh. And they tied the boat. They tied up the boat. Unsure. And I watch a lot of Below Deck. They decided that David and Shelly would go down first. Well, the Thwaites would stay in the boat. So Shelly goes off and starts counting fish, which doesn't seem like that much fun to me. I like the spotting of fish, but I wouldn't count them. That would just drive me crazy because how do you know you're... You know, on The Amazing Race, this is going to be very deep dive, when they had to count the number of dolls that were in this giant bin at Ikea that have like thousands of these little figures in them. So if you miss one or you miscount or your partner and you count the same one by accident and then you get 7,520 and then you have to start over because you got it wrong, it just seems very stressful to count fish because they're moving around. I think that's... I don't think she's counting like fish in a school. I think she's counting different kinds of fish that she's. Please tell me she's counting different kinds of fish. I am. I am telling you that. Okay, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Feel free to take out that entire thing about IKEA then. Nope, that's going at the end. So he's taking pictures. She's counting fish. He moves around the wreck. He doesn't see Shelley. He go, which is different than what he says later. He goes off to the reef, which is hun- a couple hundred yards away. He surfaces eventually after a while and asks Christian, his friend, is Shelly back yet? And he said, no, neither of them were concerned. Then, so David gets in the boat and Christian goes in the water. He gets to the bottom and he sees Shelly's fin sticking up out of the sand, like straight up at the bottom of the ocean with the toe in the sand. It's very weird and very ominous. Yeah. It's like a spike in the sand. And so he swims over to the wreck and he finds Shelly laying face up, eyes open. He mm. grabs her. He brings her up to the surface. And this is what we notice that David has this way of saying things to Dennis Murphy. Like he's kind of annoyed with Dennis Murphy, but it could just be his way of talking. Correct. So when you were asking me yeah. earlier how I felt about, I, I felt like David was an introvert, but then... It's now that it seems like he's so incredibly on the defensive, which makes a little sense for what happens later, but in no way is it warranted. Not towards Dennis. Dennis is just asking questions. Yeah. But yeah, it's a little little off-putting. So for example, Dennis says, so Christian came back up and he... David says, well, he didn't come back. He surfaced screaming. And it's maybe just his way, or he's a little condescending, or he f- is a corrector. He's one of, he likes to correct. I can't tell. I did not I love his tone with Dennis because we are very protective of Dennis. I think he maybe hasn't watched a lot of Dateline. Right. I think he kind of doesn't know what angle Dateline is coming from. And so he's just so defensive that it's coming off horrible. He's looking for any little sort of thing. To be fair, Dennis does tend to talk to suspects and husbands, grieving people, as if he's talking to a cop. 
sometimes. Like, he be is like, a gumshoe. You've got Dennis, a dead wife. Dead wife. Did you do it? I'll just say. Yeah, Dennis like that. is our gumshoe. He is yeah. our local gumshoe. So yeah, that's true. Hmm. So and this was eleven years ago before Dateline was as well known as a true crime genre as it was as it is now. True. It wasn't as known for that back then. Mm-hmm. So Christian and David both do CPR on Shelly, but it doesn't work. David was trained as an EMT, and he says she's gone. He says to Dennis, her pupils were like saucers, and that's what broke my heart and brought this whole calamity to where we are today. It's odd phrasing, but again, maybe that's just his personality. It's Shelley, terribly sad. It is so sad. Also, is the child on the boat? The yeah. Boy? Oof. Shelly is pronounced dead. The autopsy says it was accidental drowning. So David is free to go back to Rhode Island. Now, Dennis is casually sitting on the couch talking to a friend of Shelly. There's a couple Colleen. things. Her name's Colleen. So many things. First of all, she is not a, really a friend or a coworker. She's the parent of a student at Shelly's school. Okay. And, and that's the closest interview that they could get for Shelly? No, I think that I think she is also a friend in the way that she continues to talk about Shelly. I had the same reaction because they describe her relationship at the beginning. But the way that she talks about Shelly, it's clear they had interactions. Yeah. So I think this was just an accident in editing. I feel like. There was more description to their relationship. They just boiled it down to something that makes her sound very distant from Shelly. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's in fact true. No, she felt very deeply about her friendship with Shelly. It's clear. But then they describe her as she's a parent of a student they do. at the school. Why like, didn't they say that Shelly's good friend right. and also a parent at the school? Right. You know, because but they didn't say that. Yeah. I, yeah, I wish they would have because otherwise because it makes her look a little unhinged. That she's so upset. Why were you so obsessed with the headmaster? And I knew you were going to say something. (laughs) I was like, really, it's going to be like, this woman is too upset for, yeah. Because it is a little much, but no, they're clearly good friends. Yes, I I agree. The other thing that is strange about this is I realized why they almost never have an interview on a couch. Because it's so awkward. They have you have to sit kind of on the couch, like with your butt on the couch, but you're facing each other as well. And then you don't know what to do with your body. So then Dennis puts his arm above on the back of the couch, which is maybe too casual of a gesture for a conversation about murder. But he did do it in the pews of that church or courthouse whatever the thing that had the pews a few weeks ago and he was also doing that kind of gesture but he was sitting backwards on it like he was a cool teacher and like it's dennis's sitting style is what we call the make yourself at home (laughs) in quotes that's dennis's someone said to him oh just make yourself at home if anyone ever says that to him he he does literally literally that shoes off yeah, he was totally. Do you have a robe also, that I could change into? It didn't seem awkward for him to be sitting like that on the couch. And also, maybe that's an interview technique to make the other person more comfortable. Like, hey, I'm your friend. Yeah. It's very open. It's very casual. Yeah. And so it but could be. But they don't do it anymore. Now they do two chairs sitting no. way too close together with their knees almost touching. 
I need to ask Natalie Bannon because Dennis came to her house once in this Dateline promotion thing that she was chosen for, where Dennis went to her house and they watched an episode. And I need to Dennis know, went to her house. Yeah. Natalie Bannon. I'm furious. And this is way before the podcast, too. Like, she's way o- more OG than we are. Yeah, and she is. I need to know, like, what he, I think he played guitar at her house. She has photos and stuff. I want need to know what he sat. What was his sitting style? Whenever we've seen him, he was standing or just sitting normally in the chair. Would she consider it the make yourself at home? Yeah. Do you, is that an accurate assessment? Thank you, Natalie. Well, I look forward to your feedback. It's it's so. the same as someone I would assume that if Dennis came into my house and saw that I had a coat rack, yeah. he would take his coat off and hang it on the coat rack yeah. instead of saying, where would you like this? Right. He would just do that. Yeah, totally. And I like that because I, do. I want to be like that. And you know so. what? I don't like the unnecessary chit chat either. The it, He just cuts right to it. He is. Yeah. Straight to the chase. So Dennis finds out that David really wasn't telling friends what happened. He was being his usual quiet, very reserved, unemotional self. He, his one friend said he did see him cry, but to other people, it wasn't enough. You can never cry enough for people when you're grieving. Even, and then if you wail like the guy who was like, leave Brittany alone, then you're over the top and faking. You can't win. So people thought he seemed detached. And then uh-huh. some thought he was living it up on the 600000 he got after her death. More on that later. The really big thing that started people thinking he had something to do with it was a few months, two, actually. We find out later it's two months after she died, he started dating again. And more on that later. Mm-hmm. So rumors start to buzz on Main Street that Shelley had been found missing some of her diving gear. And the local scuba experts were like, why was she found? Like the mask part, the breathing apparatus was broken. One of the straps was broken. And there were pins missing from some other part. Quite a bit of like three or four bits of damage of things that were either missing or broken. And local scuba- Did you know what that was at that point? What? I just wrote something that comes into play later. And I was like, oh, it's because this happened. You foresaw the defense's theory, you're saying. I did. Because I, I was like, oh, that's why. Because mm-hmm. I have heard of that before. Yeah, I've heard that's, of that too. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's from this episode or not, because I have seen this episode before. Mm. Local dive experts were divided on David. Shelley's parents, of course, are team David murdered our daughter, uh, uh, as they usually are. Yeah. They tried to get answers from him. They said, you go down in a buddy system when you're scuba diving, and you were her buddy. You also were her the trained instructor, <laughs> and she was your student when you met. Like, how did you not see this happen and he says i wasn't there he was hundreds of yards away so they had a shouting match and then stopped speaking Hmm. over the next three years big fight in the family yeah they end up filing a civil wrongful death suit against david which is very smart we've seen it many times before their experts go to tortola and they do a reenactment with divers under the water so cool and they're filming yeah. it. Could we be reenactors for crime scenes? Or do you have to like work with the investigators and they pick you because you are matched the size of the person? 
Correct. You can't just show up and be like, can I pretend that... It's a bit like body doubles. It's like yeah. movie stars. Yeah. yeah. So they film it underwater and they what they think is he approached her from behind, shut off her air supply, and held her down until she died. And there was a struggle. And hmm. so they are in this civil suit. But then David's lawyer falls ill and David never shows up to court and he never seems to get a new lawyer. He is out of money, one thing. Dennis says to David, why didn't you take this more seriously? It seemed like you kissed this off. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah. I don't, I think it's correct, but it just sounded just odd. Like, it, yeah, a little. I would have said like, gave it the brush off or gave shrugged it the kiss off. off, shrugged it off, brushed it off. Anyways, it's totally correct, but it still feels strange. It's not often used. Yeah. He thought he was blowing off this trial, basically. And yeah. David says, listen, he was. they had way more money than I did, and yeah. I had no lawyer, so what was I going to do? But for the last bit of the trial, he does suddenly show up. They call it a surprise appearance. A surprise <laughs> appearance in court should include someone dropping something, a bailiff screaming. Like, it should be super dramatic if there's a surprise appearance in court. Gasps, at least. So... He yeah, someone who is supposed to be dead is not dead and we, bursts we through the courtroom find doors. You. And then is about they're about to say the verdict. Someone runs and then in and I goes, burst through the doors with you in a wheelchair, being like, She's, she's alive. alive. Yeah. That's what should happen. Mm -hmm. So he represents I'm sorry, himself. I don't know why you're in a wheelchair. I think I it's because maybe I think it's because you've been gravely injured. You're just not dead. Or were you holding me captive like what happened to baby Jane? Like Misty and the reporter. And, oh. Yes. and But you are in that chair, Blanche. You are in that chair. So I think. That was me doing Alaska from Drag Race All-Stars. Doing Baby Jane. Doing whatever yeah. happened to Baby JJ. Yeah. So there you go. I got it. That's not me doing Betty Davis. I, I could do a better Betty Davis. All right. That's it. Just want to be clear on that so yeah. people aren't like, her Betty Davis is horrific. No, <laughs> it's not that bad. All right. Someone's like, one star, bad Betty <laughs> Davis impression. <laughs> I was there for the Dateline recaps, and I was fine with all their tangents, but that Betty Davis impression was so bad, unsubscribe. <laughs> I'm totally fine with them talking about what happened to Baby Jane in an episode that's supposed to be about Dateline. Totally <laughs> fine with that. That doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is the accuracy of the Betty Davis impression. <laughs> David represents himself in court. He's not a lawyer. He's a scuba, whatever. But he doesn't have any more money. So I guess in yeah. civil suits, you don't have to be like assigned a public defendant. No, defense. not at all. So you can just no, it, have no lawyer. He's not wrong he when he says it. it's whoever has the most yeah. money. He's not wrong. It's Civil not really suit fair. is that you're outputting a tremendous, and I can't even imagine the amount this fam family put out with the dive team reenactment and yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it was overwhelming. Yeah, I'm kind of not surprised he didn't show up. Yeah, because what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't put on a defense. And I have a feeling his lawyer was his friend. Mm -hmm. So his friend got sick and he's like, okay, well, I'm not going out looking for somebody else. This yeah. guy was doing me a favor. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
He calls when he does his own lawyering. He asks his daughter to testify. She takes the stand. She says that his he was very upset after Shelley died, and that was it. That was his whole defense. His daughter says he was upset. There were other friends that would have testified for him. We met a couple of them who said he was upset, but he just does the daughter. So, okay. Mm. He's found responsible for her death, and her parents are awarded millions of dollars, but he's already filed for bankruptcy, so he has no money. Three million. Three million. He still has some friends that stand by him, but in Tortola, the authorities were watching what happened in the civil case, and... Her death had been ruled an accident unless proven otherwise. And I can't tell if Dennis is saying that legitimately, like it actually said that, or if Dennis is being cheeky and saying like, it was proven, you know, ruled an accident unless proven otherwise. I can't tell with Dennis sometimes. Yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Joking, I'm not sure. Or if that is a legitimate thing that it could say on an autopsy in Tortola. Unsure. So yeah, I'm not sure. It's been eight years already. They decide to reopen the investigation because they're looking at all the info that came out during the civil case. And they decide to arrest David. So U.S. Marshals arrest David. They send him back to the Caribbean. The prison there is called Balsam Gut, and it is stiflingly hot. It is beautiful, though. It is on a, is that on a bluff, and it faces the ocean. And Dennis says, the view can't be beat, but comes at a price no one wants to pay. Yeah. So he spends two years in that prison, and he says he has one or two hours a day out of his cell, and he's miserable. Then the trial starts, and unfortunately, his he has great lawyers now, but they have dressed him in a suit that is five times too big for him. He <laughs> looks creepy, y'all. It, Why it's is very, his suit so big? Because Why he's lost he a ton of weight. Those glasses and that mustache. Because the last time he got measured for a suit, he was that size. And now he's not that size. Then his high-priced lawyers should have gotten him a suit that fits. Or they just give you the clothes that are there. I don't know. I don't know how it works. There. He has somehow nice, good lawyers now, both Caribbean and American attorneys helping him. But Shelly's parents paying for that. I don't know. Shelly's yeah. parents also have their big shot lawyer from America who's wearing a lady's gardening hat outside the courtroom, which inspires confidence. Did you see this wide brim straw hat with a thick bow around it? I ribbon. don't think it's not a bow. It's <laughs> not a lady's gardening hat. And also with his suit. Yeah, he's got he's probably had a skin cancer scare. You calm down. <laughs> So prosecutors say the reason he did this was the insurance money and a huge other motive that we'll get to in a little bit. Oh, boy. They say three or four parts of her diving equipment were missing and damaged, and that wouldn't happen unless there was some sort of struggle. And her flipper that was stuck in the ground looked like her foot was yanked out of it. In the deposition, David said he was at the wrecks for five to ten minutes before he swam off to the reefs. Experts prove, or they think they proved, that the amount of oxygen used from Shelly's tank shows that she took her last breath at eight minutes into her dive. So they think he would have been there when she took her last breath. Or, at the very least, 
when he now says he swam towards the reefs and turned around and looked at her and she was fine. So that part couldn't have happened. She would already have right. stopped breathing. Right. We're getting a full-on animated reenactment now with fish and a dead Shelly. It is like Finding Nemo and just as heartbreaking. And Ugh. well done on the animators, though, of Dateline. Yeah. Whatever intern was working on animation that year. So we're getting this animation and showing that he would have been there when she died. And then we get some more information that doesn't look great. So before mm -hmm. the vacation, Shelly had taken a new job to spend more time with David, but that also meant a pay cut. And we learned that she had been funding his dive shop. So he relied on that money. Mm -hmm. Also, she'd be spending more time at home, which maybe he didn't want because... Dun, dun, dun. There's another lady. Oh, boy. A lady chiropractor named Dr. Mary Basler, who went to his shop, his dive shop. That's how they met. And they started flirting. He went to her house one night and they were drinking wine and he tried to kiss her and she rejected him because he was married. Good job, Mary. But they kept exchanging letters. At least he was writing to her, and we see a lot of the letters. And these are letters before Shelley died. This all happened before Shelley died. I and both he and Mary were not physical. It was just they're all emotions. What yes, what you would call emotional cheating. Yeah. In one, he says, "I wanted." I believe the term used on me once was playmate. I would like this particular playmate to join me in Vermont for a couple days. Okay, that's one letter. It's weird. It's gross. That's, I don't understand that. He okay. calls her soulmate Mary. I did, I do have the letter. I printed it out. Can, can you read it for the class? I can read it for the class. Thank you. And this is five months before Shelley died. Okay. And it's very passionate considering how dry it, he is. So if you're thinking this isn't that passionate, you have to take it in the context of this man who shows so little emotion. Mm -hmm. Soulmate Mary! Exclamation point. Where does one begin? First, how the hell are you? Good, I hope. Please read on. My handwriting is lousy and slow, hence the printed mutter. One of the best inventions of the computer world is word processors with an apostrophe. Processors. Like it belongs to the processor. It makes writing for me almost fun. My thoughts and feelings just in a more readable fashion. Please accept these musings as my written want. All the emotion and no reflection of being cold and impersonal. Nothing italicized and underlined could be further from the truth. Now on to more fun. I do miss being with you. Since we were last together, life has definitely gotten more complicated. I won't bore you with the details, but I hope to share some with you someday. But therein lies the wrinkle. A lot of me would like to come hustle you up and leave the country for good to enjoy life elsewhere. Oh, for good. Enjoy life in the country. Leave the country for good to enjoy mm -hmm. life elsewhere. A lot of me knows this is probably not possible. 
I find myself and probably you in the perplexing struggle of how to be together and not hurt each other and those around us. I'm wanting to be with you, but I can't change this mess I've got anytime soon. Referring to his wife. This mm -hmm. mess I've got. Is it fair to be with you and subject you to this pain slash ecstasy dilemma? I'm begging for help on this one. I don't want to be presumptuous on your thoughts. The last thing I would want to do is cause you any pain. You can call or write, and we can try to get together. Always an adventure. And please do one or all the above. I very much want you and the soulmate ability you have, but only if it doesn't cause more mess. Of course I want everything, but we'll probably settle for what, if any, you can share. I'll leave you now, but you will be in my thoughts, almost like you're with me. Fair winds, soulmate of mine, David. P.S. In handwriting, your spontaneous call the other day was great. <laughs> it's so... He's awkward. He's so awkward. He wants her desperately, but he's gotten himself into a mess of marriage. Yeah. This sounds like a few things are going on. It's really hard for me to not psychoanalyze this letter, and I know we're not supposed to do that. I know. But it sounds like a few things are happening within David yeah. and his life. And it sounds like he's got a crush. He's infatuated with this woman and doesn't know what to do with it and knows he probably shouldn't do anything because he is married, but maybe isn't that into his wife right now. Yeah. And that is a bummer for married people everywhere because if I ever saw that letter from my husband, it would break my heart. Oh, yeah. It's worse than a physical affair. Yeah. It, that hurts. Yeah. Another says... To read this letter is to look at and touch my soul. It's a rare glimpse you earned because of your love. Ooh. You earned this glimpse. I would return that to sender, that look into your soul. I don't feel like I earned it, David. Please reject it. No, thank you. But it sounds like they're also like in that kind of phase where they're both infatuated with each other and it's so exciting. Yeah. It's like the most exciting thing in life, totally. right? So yeah. it's so intoxicating to yeah. have that feeling that they're just like, they're almost having fun. Yeah. But it's just really dangerous. Uh -huh. It's really unfortunate because there is one other person there. What little fear I have in this exploration is vanished, is vanquished. By your understanding. It's a lot of word salad, too. With all yeah, my love. Yeah, he really fancies David. himself sort of a romantic, I yeah. think. Dennis asked the age-old dateline question, why not just get a divorce? Well, the prosecution's theory is that they had a prenup that neither would get any money from the other if they divorced. If she died, he would get everything. Two months after she dies, he and Mary start officially dating. Mary. Girl. I don't even know if he did it, but this is all red flags territory. Mm, yeah. You know what's up. So she breaks up with him after a year. So was it even worth it if he did do it? Didn't even last. Well, but he does. Yeah, because it was infatuation. Yeah. Right. But see, here's the thing is if he thought that he and Mary were going to be together, Mary's a chiropractor. Mary's got money. Some, so you some chiropractors have money. It depends on how good they are. As much as a teacher, for oh, sure. Yeah. But so I'm saying you're just exchanging. Headmaster so really, at a private school is what Shelley was. But I guess I I'm know. saying that you could just have divorced her and then had a new sugar mama. 
had a new sugar mama who was also into diving. So she would also want to support your diving right. shop. So uh-huh. I don't feel like that's as strong for the prosecution as maybe they think it is. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Much like everyone on Dateline, though, Dr. Mary should have used Talkify, the U.S.'s number one modern matchmaking service that helps you find success. Yeah. Don't date the guy who sent you love letters when he was married and then is under suspicion of his wife's death. Common sense. Talkify. Talkify. Trust the compatibility specialists at Talkify to hand select candidates for you after they meet with you to find out exactly what you're looking for. Then they select candidates, they screen dates, they do background checks. Hello, no date line for you. There we go. They do interviews and they ask the tough questions of candidates that are too awkward for you to ask on the first date. Questions like, have you ever gone scuba diving with your wife? And she did not come back. That's very specific for a first date. (laughs) If you're too scared to ask it, Talkify is going to ask it for you. There you go. Then Talkify handles all communication with the candidates for you, which makes it a very safe space to date and also very stress-free. And Mm. 80% of match clients met their person within the first 12 matches, which is like probably just a few months. And then they met their person. Can you imagine? I really need to get my mom on Talkify tomorrow. Tomorrow. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash date dateline. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash date dateline for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash date dateline. Let's get talking, Katie's mom. Let's just grab a coffee and talkify. Huh? Is that why you're saying? Is that why you're saying it like that? Well, it's spelled like that, but also coffee talk from SNL. 100%. It is a bit like coffee talk. Yeah. Coffee talkify. Mm-hmm. But this sounds more like fancy dinner date with somebody who's a potentially good match. Totally. Talk if I, I love it. Totally. Thank you so much, Talkify. Check it out, everybody, if you're interested in making a match this year. If you find your match through Talkify, Katie and I will officiate your wedding. There, I just said it. Yep. I just committed to that on the air. Yep. Wow. So Christian Thwaites, who is the friend that was on the boat, says David barely did CPR. So even Christian, who is, that's what's weird. It's like Christian is not vouching for him. He is saying that his behavior was strange. He barely did CPR, even though training says you keep going until help arrives. He did it for maybe like a couple minutes and that was it. And David was trained as an EMT. The guy (laughs) we meet who is like search and rescue type first responder guy who came up on a boat. Keith. Keith who looks like an older Crocodile Dundee guy. Keith is delightful. Delightful. He's not Australian, but to me, he gives off Crocodile Dundee vibe. He has an accent that might have been Australian at one time. Yeah, it's now something else. Yeah. He was the first responder at the boat. He pulls up, he offers to take over CPR and to give her oxygen. And he was told, no thanks, by David. I don't think it was no thanks. I think she's also like... I don't want to ask this question, but was she clearly gone? Was it clear that she had been in the water for an hour and was not coming back? 
she hadn't because I don't think the dive was that long. But she, he says her pupils were right very wide, which to him meant she was gone. But to me, even if you're an EMT, you're a husband. You would keep trying, and someone would have to pull you off of her. Because this is what we would hope. Trying, but we have seen this before. Yeah, that's true. Remember in Twisted Faith when the pastor was offered, hey, do you want me to get my tribe in Africa that I work with to try and reincarnate your wife, bring her back from the dead? No problem. And the pastor was like, no, that's okay. That's cool. Hard pass. Like you're being offered olive oil on your sandwich at Subway. I'll pass. So Never pass on that. No, Always get the oil and vinegar. That's a lot of flavor. The island dive shop owner who rented out their equipment and he also collected Shelly's equipment that was scattered and broken on the ocean floor first of all I don't know why why would he be reselling that like re-renting it out it's broken and it was murdered on it has death cursed upon it why would you give that to another person I know it's expensive probably equipment I think they're also into not littering in the ocean. Right. I appreciate that. Get it out of there. But I don't know. David, he says David came by into his shop and asked him to give away all of that gear, which is so strange. David is going back to Rhode Island. He's not going to see it anymore. It's not like he's going to be on the island and see that exact mask and be reminded of the tragedy or something. So... Hmm. Dennis says he wanted it deep sixed before an investigation onto what happened to the gear. Deep sixed. Deep sixed. Dennis asked David point blank about Mary. You had a girlfriend after Mary's passing. And, or sorry, he says you had a girlfriend. And he says that was after Shelly passed away. Which, good thing you like being underwater, David, because your pants are on fire. We clearly saw the letters. We know maybe nothing physical happened, but we know she was your girlfriend in your mind before Shelly died. Yeah, but he's defensive, so he's going to be real tech. He's been technical this whole time. You remember he corrected him about Mm -hmm. the terminology. So, yeah, no, technically she was not his girlfriend. He's going to let him know. Yeah. Dennis says, yet there are these stories of canoodling at her place with a glass of wine and an attempt of a kiss. Dennis, (laughs) Dennis, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make it. You're, he's gonna get royally ticked. <laughs> but I am royally delighted. Yeah, that was great. So David says, "I'm not gonna deny any of that. Did I cross a line that, in retrospect, I would like to have back? Sure. Do I, Kimberly, like it when a suspect asks questions of themselves and then answers it? No, I do not. <laughs> is it one of my least favorite things? Yes, it is. Oh boy." He says there was no intimacy with Mary. Mary was fun to be with. She was a smart gal. He calls her a gal. She was empathetic. And then I was like, don't over-adjective her, David, because you gave your wife so many adjectives at the beginning, and you're veering into that territory with Mary. Dennis says, what about the letters? You've got a dead wife on one hand and a soulmate on the other. (laughs) He thinks he's talking to a cop. That's the only explanation. 
Because no, say David already- is innocent. This is a grieving widower. Lay off, Dennis. He is hard-hitting journalism at its finest. You've got a um, dead wife and a soulmate on the other hand, eh? You've got a dead wife on one hand and a soulmate on this what hand. What do you say about that, Buster? I love him. David's new hotshot lawyer says David has no history of violence. And they say, well, the gear was broken all over the ocean. And this lawyer makes a great point which Katie, I believe, hinted that she had heard of. So a panicked diver rejects their gear. They rip off their gear. You're not thinking rationally. And the reason I think I've heard of this now that I think about it is sometimes people that are found frozen to death in the snow are found without their clothes because their body actually feels like it's overheating and on fire and they take off their clothes. And Uh I think it's kind of a similar paradox that happens when you – are trying you to get to the surface. You can't breathe. You feel like you and can't so breathe. You, right. And you're trying mm-hmm. to get to the surface and you think this stuff is weighing you down and you take it off and then you drown. Oh, and so David says he's actually saved people who have been trying to do this and tried to slow them down because if you go up too fast, that's very dangerous you get the bends. as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So could a sudden medical issue or a scary sea creature have caused Shelley to panic? The defense reads from her journal. She has like a dive journal and they read it to the jury where she talks about in one entry, she said, I had some initial panic. And then later it says played with octopus. And I was like, she's fine. She was panicked at the beginning and then she played with an octopus. But there are at least five entries that they read from that say that she did have panic when she was diving and she was working on overcoming that. But that's, but she had had 300 dives. Exactly. So were they recent panic? It's a, that's a great point. Or was this when she was earlier starting out? Or was this something that came when it was certain circumstances? Right. She's in a new place. Like Mm -hmm. maybe she's used to certain dives in Rhode Island, Mm -hmm. off Rhode Island. Yeah. But maybe these are happening in newer coves Mm -hmm. or I don't know. Hmm. The defense says maybe she didn't stop breathing at that eight minute mark. And maybe this doesn't prove anything because she was so tiny. She was like David Miscavige, apparently. (laughs) She took in less air than an average diver. So she could have died well after the eight-minute mark when David was indeed far, far away at the reefs and wouldn't have seen her. Then they say, what about the dive fin that was stuck in the sand? Dateline does their own experiment with Mr. Crocodile Dundee. And Mm -hmm. he tries to get his fin off and stick it in the sand with his foot But he can only do it by taking the fin off with his hands and then shoving the fin in the sand with, Mm -hmm. again, with his hands. So who would have done that intentionally? They say it must have been Shelly because she had a bruise on her ankle that had been bothering her. So she thought, I'm going to go faster and better with this off. She takes the one fin off, puts it in the sand so it doesn't float off. I'll come back for it before Mm -hmm. I go to the surface. Then they think some water leaked into her mask and she wasn't able to resolve the situation quickly. She started to panic. She teared off her mask, disoriented, dies. That is, I feel so bad for her. I'm sorry. No, it's terrifying. But if that is what happened, that's terrifying. So David says, 
I probably didn't answer things in the way that made the jury happy. I think he just needs to face that he has a likability problem. Just to say I am, there's something about my personality that is slightly off-putting to people. It's kind of weird the way he's saying that. He says it a couple of times. So I don't think I'm giving the jury what they want. Right. And it's like, well, maybe because you have this attitude. No, you're absolutely <laughs> not. You're not. Not with that attitude, Correct. David. Yeah. yeah. So he says on the stand, Shelley was the rock of his life. And he would never deprive Shelley of anything, let alone oxygen. Oh, boy. He doesn't cry on the stand. He doesn't give any emotion besides a little bit of testiness towards the prosecution. And David says, well, I was fighting for my life. I might have been a little abrasive. And he says, I've been penalized my whole life for not showing the proper emotion. He says it's because he's had so much trauma in his life. And this is very sad. This is like trigger warning stuff. So he says he had to survive by burying all of it and by not being emotional. His father was convicted of S.A. towards another family member and went to jail. And then his brother murdered their mother. Oh, boy. So the defense was going to use this to explain why he's so emotionless. But good old Dennis says, I could see this being better for the prosecutor. People might ask, what is this instability in your family, David? Is there some demon seed? Dennis! A person with pop psychology understanding might say, what's going on with this family? And David does not like this. No, he does No, he finds this. That tr- he thinks that Dennis is trying to insult him. And Dennis is bringing up a very good point. But it, David is not seeing it. It makes it sound, though, like Dennis thinks it instead of being no. like, this just might be what a jury member would think. And David, who's trying to keep this still waters yeah. Yeah. persona the whole time, you can see the rage bubbling yeah. and he's stifling it. And he Mm -hmm. says, well, so should a person be convicted of murder because of pop psychology? He's not happy. I don't blame him. It's also not the point. I don't think that's what he was saying at all. It has nothing to do with, okay. But I could see that if they brought this up on the stand, somebody would say, well, his family members have snapped. Maybe there is something. Yeah, but that's not pop psychology. No, it's just people. It's like just a hereditary. But it's people trying to armchair psychoanalyze jurors i have no idea what you're talking about no one i know does that. <laughs> it's our profession How dare you? basically i feel i feel very attacked what we do um, so wait a minute hold on a second yeah i think that it could work either way but i don't think it should come into trial that's all i wanted to say mm. about this i don't think that this is a good defense at all the defense should not want to bring this in because it's i think it's much more likely to actually do what dennis is saying yeah I think people will say, oh, his brother committed murder. I think you ignore everything else. They'll focus in on that one item. And it will be, oh, his brother, his only other sibling, possibly. Committed committed matricide. Right. Not just any murder. Killed their mother. Right. It would, even subconsciously, I think people would think, oh. Yeah, you know, logically, there's no connection. And there are many, so many murderers out there who right. have siblings that are the most amazing, generous, non-murderous people. Obviously, you know that logically, but emotionally, you might go, eh. Right. I think it does him more harm. Yeah. So, But I do think it, it does explain 
his demeanor a little bit. It totally does. If he's shoving everything down, it also explains his defensiveness, all of this stuff. And also, yeah, he's really upset because if he didn't do this and he has that in his family, this is a nightmare. This is a huge trigger because his whole life, people have been thinking the worst of him because of his family. Because of something that happened. Right. So a judge denies this psychologist taking the stand and testifying on his behalf that this is why he's like this and they don't bring up this because the psychologist was not an md was a psychologist and not a psychiatrist the judge says no so it's not even because they think it'll like change taint the jury or anything like that based on your credentials yeah you didn't have enough school yeah so the jury deliberates for five hours and they find him guilty He gets 25 years. And I had forgotten what happens in this episode. So I was like, he's been in prison this whole time? This is the Mm. Dateline fake out? But wait. So we learned that his cell was so tiny and it had no screens on the bars. And so Dennis says, oh, so bugs came in. And David says, bugs were the easy part. Rats, animals came in. It sounds horrific. It does, even with that oceanfront view. So his lawyers file an appeal. And they say to the judge that the trial judge had been biased and it wasn't fair. And the panel says, you know what? You're a free man. Go ahead, David. Get out of here, kid. You can go. They say, yes, the trial judge was biased. And they think too much time has passed for a new trial that would be fair, which is not that's ridiculous. How long had this um, it's part, been how like long 10 had 12 been, years now but how long had he been in when was his trial from the time when the judge is like eh. i think it's been a couple years that's why i'm guessing so like, kind of fast it's not that like it hasn't been that much time like it's not like it's been 40 years like we see sometimes and right. all the witnesses have now died it's not like that sort of thing and wow. it's only been a couple more years since the first trial So he's out and he is walking with Dennis on some rocks by the ocean in Rhode Island. And I was like, there's a camera crew there, David, just so you're aware there you're walking on jagged rocks with our Dennis Murphy. Watch. There's a camera crew watching you. And he would not like you saying that. I don't care. And Dennis says, do you have to pinch yourself? Because you're so happy. And David, who is always very reserved, says, it certainly is good to be here. Mm -hmm. He just says, he's just like that. But people around there do think that he got away with murder. And he says, that's their opinion. I'm not going to, I can give them the facts if they want the facts. But I'm not going to waste my time having a discussion trying to change people's opinion of me. Like, okay. He needs to just chill a little bit. He's so... I mean, I feel badly because trauma obviously affects you, but it's not like this happened now when therapy was more accepted. This happened a long time ago when no one's getting a child therapy when their family goes through something like that. Still, in most places, they don't. But And I'm sorry. It's really rich for me to tell someone to chill. It's incredibly (laughs) rich. I see that it's ridiculous. but It's almost the opposite of chill. We would like to see him have some emotion. Get unchilled. but no, no, in his app, but when he's talking to Dennis, he's so just jumping on every sort of word. He just Defensive. can't. It's sort of sad because it's almost like he just assumes that Dennis is not on his team. Yeah. Dennis yeah. is on your team. Yeah. 
done this this episode is not done in a way that really particularly makes you look guilty no. to be honest it doesn't make you look guilty it doesn't it really leaves it up to the viewer to decide mm-hmm. yeah. so it, this is not a hit piece but he's coming he's talking to Dennis when he starts talking to Dennis in that way it's almost like you he thinks it's a hit piece here's what like i think there. i think he didn't know about dateline like you said and i mm-hmm. think dennis did does what he normally does which is literally sits down with someone shakes yeah. their hand says thank you for being here did you kill your wife yes he literally hot, hot questions he just did, coming in the yep. second mm-hmm. and he was like what oh it's that kind of thing yeah and he's not understanding our folksy, lovable Dennis. Yeah, twinkly Dennis. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what we're getting defensive, David. Yeah. So here's the last thing is Shelley's headstone. Yeah. We- yeah. What? This is a super sensitive one. Well, Let I me love hear what you're gonna say. Love the St. Bernard statue. And I love the shell. I it's very ocean themed. It's mm-hmm. carved like a wave at the top. And then it has a poem that mentions the sea. Yeah. So I do wonder if I hope the family was okay with this. And Dateline's lingering on it for so long. But the part that really kind of struck me is it says, Shelly Tyre, wife of David Swain on it, which I've never seen before. It's usually like first name, like beloved husband of... You know, Janet. But that's odd to me. Normally, you would not have a name. It would say beloved wife, daughter, sister. I've seen like mother of Sam, like first name, not last name, but also not the person. I've heard it in a eulogy. I've never seen it on a headstone. I've not seen it of a person suspected of killing you. So I'm guessing the parents had no input and he did it. So it's, it to me is like, Super Are we sure that's a headstone? Yeah. It's at the gravesite. It is at a gravesite. Mm-hmm. It's not just alone. No, it's at a gravesite. It's on a like a plaque somewhere. Okay. No, it's a headstone. It looks like a headstone, but I'm saying is it somewhere in honor of Right, like, does, like a like you know at a park saying? or something. Right, right. Right. No, it is at a gravesite. And so I'm since so he the doesn't parents are mad. Since he doesn't speak to the parents, I feel like they wouldn't like it being all oceany since that's what took her and the fact that it says in huge letters, wife of David Swain. I guess that was her thing. It could no. it could have no. said Beloved educator, loving friend, devoted wife. That's usually what I've seen. It tries to encompass like a few aspects of the person and not his name. Wife of David Swain. How long have they been married? 10 years. Not less than that. Seven years, maybe in the 90s. I feel like I've convinced Katie. I would have... That there's something a little strange about it. No, if that was my family member if that was my sister i don't like this it makes it seem like he did it because the family would not the family 100 percent was not okay with this because of no. his name being so prominent on it so that means he did it he chose he to redo it the thing i think i'm thinking about is that episode where uh, with the other pastor who killed his wife and then put her staged a car crash and said a deer came out. And then he chose an urn that had deers all over it. And 
I thought that was so sus, which it obviously is super because he ended he it turns out he totally murdered her. There's just a lot of things that I have questions about. So you what's your percentage that he did it? It's high, but it's not as high as always. It's again in the like okay. the 80 range because okay. I do believe that panic thing happens with divers. Yeah. I would like to know when those journal entries were, how if that happened recently where she was having panic moments mm-hmm. or if that was in her earlier moments. Mm-hmm. But the other woman and the money are always it's not a zebra it's a horse you know usually to me so so why weren't we told what he spent the money on right we do because it's an hour episode that we hear he was living large on the 600k i want to know what he was buying on that i think he also probably spent a chunk on lawyers yeah when the civil suit was filed yeah but he Um, was broke at that time mm -hmm. so who knows what the upkeep of handling all of that stuff is yeah I love the business that also happens after someone passes. Right. It's quite expensive. I'm sure his business took a hit. Lo- local people, if they thought he was a murderer, his business wasn't doing as well. I'm shocked that he stayed in Rhode Island. Yeah. Or in that area. Yeah. Gosh, it was beautiful there, though. I know, right? So beautiful. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. But I'm not as high as 80. Because my first thought was when they told us about this, the materials, I was like, oh, panic. Yeah. She panicked. Yeah. She panicked in the water. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. I'd love to know what people think on this. Yeah. I'd love to know if any actual scuba divers watched this right. and what they think. Yes, please. This episode is dedicated to Jen E and Jen K. E from Patreon, K from Supercast. The Jens! Yay, Jens! All I need is the air that I breathe and Jennifer's to support our podcast. I feel like that's poor taste because she couldn't breathe in the water. Much like the siren song that lures us to the, the rocks are these Jens. Who are our rocks? They are our rocks. Not the sirens. By supporting sirens this podcast on Patreon and Supercast. They are our siren song. They are our rocks. Yeah. You guys, you ladies are E and K. You're my vitamins and K. E and K. I, I don't know They're what J and K J. Does. J and J, just like K and K. Love it. Can you guys be They're best friends? They're our counterparts. Friends? Do you want to be best friends? Also, what is vitamin K? Potassium? That's the outdoor one. You no, don't, that's D. If you D. don't go outside. No, that's D. Vitamin K is potassium. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's go with potassium. I don't know. So what's right. vitamin J? I don't think there is a vitamin J. Vitamin Jazz. But that's what you ladies Jazz are. Hands. Jazz yeah. hands. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. So B-roll is just a lot of ocean. Just so much ocean. So much Stingray. Cool. Turtle. Turtle. I love that. Sea turtle. Treasure. Fish. Question mark. Treasure. Yeah. Under underwater boats. How much would I have paid to see Dennis Murphy scuba diving? Or in I a scuba we were, suit? I thought we were going to. That, I was ready. I w- how much would we have paid to just see him with a like toes in the water? Yeah, oh, I would have loved it. Because we've seen Mank on the sand yeah. before. I thought we were going to get Dennis on the beach. We no. saw Mank with his bare feet and his pants rolled up because he was walking. We sure did. Yeah. We sure did. I would love that. I want to see Dennis with a snorkel. Just to demonstrate something. 
I did like Dennis on vacation mode, though. Oh, I love it. It did make me smile. There was one picture that I loved that was, it was just a quick shot of Crocs and flip-flops on the deck of a boat. Did you see it? Yes. Crocs weren't here in the ni- 1999. Oh, good call. Right? We got some continuity errors dateline. We did a little bit. I feel bad calling it out, but it did happen. That's fine. But they were around when this episode came out. So it's not like they invented Crocs for this episode no. or did a time traveling thing. I just didn't know people wore Crocs at the beach. Do people wear Crocs at the beach? People wear Crocs everywhere. The opera everywhere. No. I've, no. I've seen Crocs at the theater. No. Crocs and socks. Disrespectful. Yeah. I is agree. that person Mario Batali? No. <laughs> unless they're Mario Batali, they shouldn't be doing that at the theater. That's disrespectful to the actors. I want to know in the comments, where's the most disrespectful place you have seen Crocs? Have you seen someone wear Crocs to a funeral? <gasps> That's what I want to know from people. Where have you seen Crocs? Did you have any titles for this episode? He's such a gunkle. Oh, no. oh yeah. I'm trying to go somewhere with gunkle. Yeah. Um, the demon seed. Oh, nailed it. Because Dennis says he'd. That's really good. A deep dive on the deep six. Oh, that's good. Thank you. That's fantastic. Yours are great. Thank you. We don't even need mine. No, that's never true. No, we. I don't think we do because mine are very boring looking at them right now. I have secrets in the deep, which I don't... A chance sorry. for Kaylee. <laughs> sorry. For some reason here, I've written seize the moment, but seize is messy. S-E-A. I think I was just writing wordplay yeah. down here. These aren't actual That's what titles. I did with Demon Seed. Yeah, that's good. But that one's actually good because then I have Twin Rex, that, which, yes, that was in the episode. Um, <laughs> you were going to go somewhere with it. For some reason, I've also written here and circled it, Scuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> There's no one in this episode that looks anything like... No, but sometimes we ju- I just have to let my brain go and do what it wants to do. And that's what yeah. I wrote. That's what was here. I didn't ignore it. Oh it's my God. here. And it's Why circled. hasn't he made a movie where he scuba... He did that Sled Dogs movie. He should have done a scuba movie. Is it wrong for me to copyright someone's the proper posters name? posters would be genius. <laughs> I know. Why isn't there just at least an animated short? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, so much Thank you, for everyone. taking this deep dive with us, which I searched deep dive dateline for about 15 minutes before I read your text correctly and saw that it said the last dive. So. <laughs> I kept calling it deep dive in my head, too. Oh, great. No, okay, I totally It wasn't did. just me. Yeah. It was like that point blank episode that I kept thinking was point break. Yeah, can't. You yeah. just can't get around it. I am an FBI agent. Sorry. You got to do, you got to superimpose your face on that. Yeah, I do. It's time. Thank you. And don't forget to join us on, don't forget to join us on Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and all the times in between. On YouTube. On YouTube. A date with with K K and K. Got it. Come join us for Yellow Jackets, not for Daylight. Thank you. For Yellow Jackets. We'll be there for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. And if you haven't watched Yellow Jackets, do it. It's very dark, but get on it. If you like mysteries. Don't join us. Join us. And thank you so much. Thank you, Kimberly. We, I'm glad we finally got to do this episode. 
I'm just trying to come up with a clever pun, and I can't think of any. Be See. your own oxygen mask. Oh, you know, like when the plane goes down, and you got to put on your mask first. Yeah, no, that's too sad. That's Be really your sad. own wreck wreckage. We're all a wreckage. Yeah, wreckage. Oh. Wrecks are beautiful. Oh, be your own beautiful wreck. There we go. Yay. We got there eventually. We like you just as you are. Bye, bye. We are the two wrecks. That's probably why I wrote that. Twin wrecks. K and K. Twin wrecks. There Yay. you go. Hey. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you, J&J. That's a huge pet peeve of mine is when people put the Millers with an apostrophe. There's no apostrophe there. Well, if it's the Millers is, it would be the apostrophe would be after the S. There right. is an apostrophe. It's just not before the S. But if it's like happy holidays from the Millers, there's no apostrophe there. And Who did that? No one's doing that. People the Millers that, don't own the holiday. People that I know send me cards every year with the apostrophe in it. It's their own name? There's no apostrophe. Is it polite for me to tell people? No. I can't say no. anything, right? You can't say anything. No. You will never be able to say that okay. Can't say it. They might be listening to the podcast now, and they're thinking, oh, my God, there's no apostrophe? But I'm there willing, is nothing I'm willing you can to do. do it because it does bother me. No, you can't do it. You cannot say something. I'll walk away. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm the one who used to correct my friend's notes that they would pass to me in class with red pen and then send no it one. back to them. Did you just say you were bullied earlier <laughs> and that you cried into your Oreos and then now you're talking about- I wasn't bullied by What's those What's your therapist tell, talking to you they about? They liked me. I'm going to have to make a special trip to my therapist. <laughs> Talk to them and see if there's a correlation between <laughs> these two. Inst- I'm just kidding. But the Millers, but ask your therapist what they think about the Millers. I will. And I if- need a doctor's opinion on this. Good Do job. you remember that scene in Bedknobs and Broomsticks? No. With the elephants? No. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I don't know Bedknobs and Broomsticks. They're bobbing along on the bottom. I think of I was thinking of Fantasia. With the There's nothing about bedknobs and broomsticks you won't like. They're in London, and it's Angela Lansbury. Okay, I'm shocked you haven't seen it. Although you might, I don't know. You get scared of that kind of stuff. I do. <laughs> There's a certain style of film that really creeps me out. It's definitely going to be bedknobs and broomsticks, but I still feel like you should watch it. <laughs> so, it, what was going on in my life that I'm so scared of? Like the, that. Weird. There were a lot Willy of Wonka like era that weird fairy they tale show that you showed that movie with the bubble cars that you showed me. The Babes in Toyland creeped me out. No, there was a lot of creepy stuff so back then. Creepy. It was so much creepier. Remember, Return to Oz was like, is it for kids? Absolutely not. No, it's not for kids. Return to Oz. You know, it's like. Labyrinth? No, not no, really. I can't watch it. All that stuff is kind of scary. Dark Crystal? I've seen please. none of those movies. Right, because so, they're all scary. <laughs> I was watching Annie on repeat, and I would fast forward when they were chasing her up that big ladder thing. Oh, fast that was forward scary. every time. Yeah, that was frightening. This, I think this might be one of the most common like grammatical errors. So I don't feel like you should feel badly, but I think you should stop doing it. <laughs> I think you should feel badly if it's your last name. I think you should feel bad if you don't know that your last name doesn't have an apostrophe. That's messed up. That means people have been lying to like the whole, like generations of this family have been lied to. 
generations of these people are victims of of other people's politeness to not tell them that there's no apostrophe in their last name. And I'm name. part of the lie. I it's you the are. big lie, and I'm. But part you're of not going to be the one to reveal it because you you'll not only be hated by the immediate family, but the entire extended family. So I'm part of the big lie, and I can't say something. So Correct. where it's a lose lose. You have to, they can't be, you can't be friends with them anymore. <laughs> you have to just leave them. You have oh. to just let them be. You have to walk away, I think. Oh, I think that's the God. end of the friendship. This makes me so sad. <laughs>